0: And this is View the Valleys podcast, season two, episode two, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, how you been this week?
1: Oh, fantastic. You know, high school football season started, college football is upon us. We've got an MVC-OVC matchup in the football world between my school at SIU Carbondale and your school at SEMO, uh, or, you know, and it's, it's, it's ready to rock and roll. It just means basketball is that much closer.
0: It does. I mean, typically, you know, once college football starts, it just seems like the weeks just go so fast until mm-hmm. college hoops starts. And I guess that's just because there's – once college football starts, you know, it's basically on Saturdays. You'll maybe have a game of the week during the week. Yeah. And then the NFL on Sundays, And next thing you know, it's November and college hoops is tipping off.
1: Yeah, I was talking about the football game between SIU and SEMO, and my wife's like, wait, they're playing on Thursday? Yeah. I thought they just played on Saturday. Like you could almost hear the disappointment <laughs> in her voice like, oh, so we're going to have more than one day a week <laughs> of this. So, you know, and – got season tickets for SIU football again this season like I did last spring, so I'm excited and see what it's like with a full stadium and hopefully the, the dogs can do some damage again this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, for your sake, I hope they are able to do some damage, stay in the top 25 rankings, yep. hopefully top 10 for yeah. you, but hopefully they start the season with a loss. You know, <laughs> and then they rebound from there because <laughs> yeah. SEMO has a tough non-conference schedule. They play them, uh, Mizzou, and then they go to uh, Sam Houston State, who won the whole thing last yeah. year. So uh, it's a tough non conference. Yeah. Well, I guess they do have those two non cons that are in their conference. Right, but, but they're true non conference. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't really count those. Yep. But uh, during this episode, we'll look at the schedules, particularly the MTEs and the crossover games within the two conferences. And we'll also get into some of the Kinpom ratings uh, from this past season. Uh, to start things off, TJ, uh, We'll get into the multi-team events here, mm-hmm. and I'll let you start off with the Missouri Valley here. Well, I mean, Bradley's going to be showing up at
1: Saint Thomas. Looks like with uh, Colorado State and Creighton, possibly Brown. Uh, you know, so if they could play Colorado State, I think playing Creighton, you know, an old MVC matchup would be would be huge. And then Drake's playing with the likes of the OVC's Belmont and Kissimmee, Florida, and Alabama. Uh, again, anytime you can get some games against some uh, Power 5 schools, it's got, that's, that's why you do these things. You, know, oh, you sure. want to go to those tournaments so that you can see those types of schools. Uh, Evansville will be in there with Rice in Vermont and Oakland and Fort Myers, Florida. Illinois State is actually going to be taking on Slough in Cancun, so that'll be a good matchup for them. Buffalo, who's been really good, they have the chance to play them and Stephen F. Austin as well. They'll either play one of Buffalo or Stephen F. Austin. Looks like Indiana State will uh, be taking on Old Dominion with a the chance then to play Oklahoma or East Carolina. Again, hopefully you get to see a Power 5 school. And then Loyola is in just a loaded tournament in, in Paradise Island with Michigan State, Connecticut, Auburn. I don't have the other teams there in front of me, but you're looking at you know all three of those schools are Power 5 conferences and, you know, on the upswing, I mean, Michigan State still got the name recognition, UConn, of course. Then you move on to Missouri State, where they'll be taking on, looks like Long Beach State. Am I seeing that right? Yeah, Long Beach. East Tennessee State. And Murray State. And all in Naples, Florida. Northern Iowa, who always has a, a really strong schedule, a non-conference schedule. It's going to Hawaii, you know, they will start with Liberty, but then they're going to have Stanford and Wyoming there as well. Southern Illinois. Uh, it's going to start with Colorado. It's one of the, the toughest teams they've played in the non-conference in quite some time. And then Duquesne or Northeastern. And then Valparaiso, our beloved Beacons, <laughs> playing on taking on Coastal Carolina, Abilene, Christians there, Jacksonville State. So, uh, And that's in uh, Cable Beach, Bahamas. So, you know, I got some really good matchups. I really like how tough that tournament is for Loyola. You know it'll be a good test for them. They kind of I think that's what they need to do. now they've had success again in the tournament. Hey, let's keep trying to
0: feed off of that, play those big schools and see what we can do. So outside of the Loyola MT that they're in, is there one that stands out for you that you know maybe it's a team that's looking to improve from last year, and they're just in a group of teams that are kind of you know balanced, you know all together. I don't know. My first thought was Illinois State, but Slew's been pretty
1: good. Buffalo's been pretty good. And so that'll be – they're kind of playing up there, I think, Illinois State, has, you know, from where they've been the last few years. Um, but, you know, and I like I like Drake going in and playing Clemson. They, I mean, it's not in their MTE, but they have a game against Clemson in Atlanta. That'll be a really good match. That should be. You know, that, that's a big game for them. But, you know, play Belmont and Alabama. That's I think that's really good for Drake – so let's hey, let's see if last year was more than a fluke. You know, it wasn't you know a one-time deal? That's what I want to say, not a fluke, but one-time sure. deal. Because sometimes we see that teams just peak at the right time, things fall into place. You know, and, and unfortunately they hit injuries late there in the season. But maybe this is kind of their chance. Like, hey, we really belong here. This wasn't you know just a situation of circumstances that we took advantage of.
0: Okay. Now on the Ohio Valley side. And I think the Missouri Valley's had a little bit more uh, teams that have released their schedule compared to the Ohio Valley. But for some of the MTE purposes here, you have, uh, let's see, Murray State, which you basically already mentioned because they're in the same one as Missouri Missouri State. So we'll go ahead and skip over that. Uh, But SIUE, they're playing in the Youngstown State uh, multi-team event. And that consists of Youngstown, Niagara, and Saint Thomas, Minnesota. Now, when you look at those four teams, if you compare them to Ken Palm, to try and see like where those group of teams kind of fall within each other, you have SIUE. You know, obviously, they're going to be looking to improve off of their mm-hmm. you know rating and just you know wins and losses from last year. They finished with a Ken Palm rating of 323, nine and 17 overall. Youngstown State, the host, 246 rating, uh, did finish with a winning record of 15 and 12. Then you have Niagara, at 250, uh, 9 and 11, uh, win loss record. And then you have Saint Thomas, which is kind of a unique uh, situation up in Minnesota. They are actually joining the Division One ranks this year, and they're going to be part of the uh, Summit League. And they jumped from Division Three all the way to Division One. Right, that's what I thought. Which. But-
1: but just in men's basketball, isn't it? I don't know that they made the jump in other sports.
0: So they, it looked like they were making the jump in 19 of 22 uh, sports. Okay, so I was way off there. But I'm not
1: entirely sure because I know they have a huge football game that they participate in that takes place at Target Field. Like this, it's one of those big rivalry games that there's another similar size school in the. Minnesota that they play every year. So I was wondering if they were going to stay at D3 to keep that going, too. Of course, you go D3 football to D1 football, that's a huge chunk of change.
0: Yeah, so I believe that it was basically 19 sports out of the 22, but they weren't sure about what, like, men's hockey mm-hmm. or something like that. But, yeah, they're joining the the Summit League And they're going to be joining the Pioneer League for
1: football. Okay, that's why I was just looking at that they're going to because they're taking on MVC football conferences, uh, Northern Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota. So, and those are in the future, but they're going to take on Northern Iowa here in about two weeks, three weeks.
0: So, I mean, you look at that. I mean, we're going off a little off topic here a little bit within the conferences, but you go from Division three to Division one, like that's a heck of a jump, Mm -hmm. like. Some schools, you know, maybe try and go, you know, D three to D two and then you know up, but I mean it's a big jump in competition for sure. And then when you look at you know their basketball schedule from last year, they didn't get to play too many games because a lot were postponed. But they did go seven and zero, and within those you know games, it wasn't like they were you know slowly getting. Uh, division one schools on that schedule because within those seven games they played uh hamlin university uh concordia college which all sound like
1: other D 3 schools yeah
0: st john's university augsburg bethel and then uh i can't even. yeah i'm not even gonna try the and, yeah there you go um But yeah, then they had a lot of other games postponed. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they fare, you know, at the Division I ranks because I think you mentioned that they were in another multi-team event or maybe it was a different St. Thomas. Um, I thought they were at St. Thomas. Oh, that could be. I I thought a little kind of weird that playing two Mm multi-team events, but I think for them, that's gonna be a good test for them, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with SIUE, Niagara, and Youngstown State. I think I feel Youngstown probably the best, you know, in that multi-team mm-hmm. event. But for SIUE's purpose, it should be a good, a good test, you know. You gotta think you're, you gotta be thinking you want two wins.
1: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, three and it would be best. But if you come out two and one, you know, that that I think you're happy with that.
0: I think you'd have to be, especially you know, it's it's not at home. You're in a, you know, mm-hmm. you're on the road. Um, outside of that one, you have Semo. Uh, they're playing in a multi-team event, the Incarnate Word tournament. Other participating teams: Portland and Montana State, mm-hmm. besides Incarnate Word. And now this is a nice grouping with uh, the Ken Palm ratings from last year. A little bit more, uh, a little bit more balance than uh, the Youngstown State one. You get Semo, who is at 269, 11 and 16. Uh, Portland, 321. Six and fifteen overall, incarnate word near the bottom at three forty-three, eight and fourteen. And the Montana State had the best ring, they were two oh seven with a thirteen and ten record. So if you're SEMO, you're thinking, well, we need to, you know, just like you know, you were saying for SIU, you need at least two wins here. Right. And they start out by playing Portland first, then Incarnate Word, and then Montana State. So when you look at that, you know, it looks like they're playing the toughest one, Montana State. Agreed. Um, right. At so the end of that. Hopefully you can work out some kinks, you know, get your rotation down as your coaching staff, you know, and, you know, start to figure some things out. And that's going to be the real first test on the road away from, you know, the Show Me Center. Yeah, they open the season at Missouri State, but that's just one road mm-hmm. game. Then they have three home games in a row. Yeah. And then that's when they're, you know, yeah. basically the road heavy schedule starts. So that'll be a good good test for Semo uh, and Coach Brad Corn. Um, other multi-team events uh, looks like UT Martin's going to be in one in San Antonio, Texas. Not quite sure on what the teams are in that though. But it looks to be you know in the middle of November, according to the D1 docket. Outside of those, you know, mention the Murray State one, which I'm I'm looking forward to that one. It's because it's a good group of teams. You have Murray State, Missouri State, and uh, Long Beach and East Tennessee State. And outside of uh, Long Beach, you know, it's not exactly nearby these other three. Right. Uh, the other three have had solid programs over the last couple of years, and I think that'll be a good test of mid-major basketball, and that, that'll that be a nice, uh, you would say, RPI win or quad Quad one, Quad two, Quad three, win whatever, mm-hmm. but that could be a multi-team event. That if you're, if you had a really good year and you were on the bubble of getting into, maybe it's not the NCAA tournament, maybe it's the NIT. A win against one of those uh, equivalent mid-majors mm-hmm. could be the yeah, it could be
1: a difference. Like if you lose that game, we well you lost to them. If you have a win there, you know, then you look at their schedule too with. Take, you know, Going to Memphis and to Auburn, those are two big games, especially what seems to be the powerhouse that Penny Hardaway is building in Memphis these days.
0: Oh, yeah, what well, he's doing, a hell of a job down there. But getting back to the OVC here, I think the last one, we got Belmont that you had mentioned, the same one as Drake. I think that's going to be one of the best, uh, best. It's essentially a mid-major MTE in my mind. Yeah, Alabama's in it, but Drake... Belmont and Iona Mm -hmm. and all three, you know, three of those programs were, you know, outstanding last year. You know, Iona, maybe not in that same, uh, same grouping, but nonetheless, I think that should be a big draw for fans. If they're allowing, you know, fans at that Alabama had a heck of a year last year too. Didn't they? They did. They had an outstanding year. Um, well, even Iona, you know, they were 1 178 and they did finish 12 and 6. So, I mean, really all together, it should be a very good tournament and, you know, maybe you know, my fault for not catching that Iona was a little bit better than what I thought. So,
1: and Alabama and Iona played in the first round of the NCAA tournament too for a 68-55 game. You know, so that I mean, Iona's holding their own there. They go to the NCAA tournament and obviously, you know, Alabama won 2 uh, NCAA tournament games as well.
0: I don't know why I thought I think I was thinking of CNN. I get the two those two teams mixed up, you know, those Northeast teams and you would have thought that I would remember that, you know, Iona was, you know, in that tournament and gave Alabama a run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that should be a great uh great MTE. You know, drop uh, ultimately drop the ball on that TJ, you know, there for a minute, but Hey, yeah, it happens. You well, have Those schools out there in the Northeast. I mean, you,
1: but I mean, you kind of hold yourself to a different standard. You're kind of a savant when it comes to things. You and my son Ryan, like we call them up, they're like, "Hey, who's this school?" Like, "Oh, they're the such and such." Like, "Oh yeah, do you know the name of their mascot?" No. Like, what are you doing? Like, you,
0: how do you not know the name of the mascot for the Presbyterian Blue Hose? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll tell you right now. Like, one of the teams up northeast that I that I follow a lot the St. Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> it's just a team that I follow. Like they yeah. they are very good at covering against the spread and you know they say good teams win, great teams cover. I mean, it's every <laughs> every game it seems like doesn't matter if they're picked to lose by 12, picked to win by 4, they cover. I mean, it's it's outstanding what they're able to do every year. But oh, with the the
1: houses are going to be calling you like, "Hey, You take here? Like, oh, I'll take it. Oh, we gotta move the line then.
0: (laughs) Oh. But uh, that's just a few of the multi team events that have been released to this point. And before we get into some of the other Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley uh, news and ratings, we'll go ahead and look at the crossover game, stay within the scheduling here. And on the Ohio Valley side, you got Austin P. They play at SIU, and that's it. So they have a road game at Carbondale. Belmont to this point, uh, they they just play Evansville outside of playing Drake in that multi-team event.
1: I feel like everyone plays Evansville out of the OVC. It's like, I feel it's like, like it's like that every it's year. Like sister institution, like <laughs> you know, like how like Dallas Baptist plays baseball in the Missouri Valley Conference. Like, yeah, Evansville, you're, you're one of us. I mean, and you know, I mean, all those games make sense though because the the drive makes sense, sure. And the travel makes sense, but yeah, definitely when Evansville released their schedule, like OVC team,
0: OVC team, OVC. Team. It's like that every year, and right. I f- I feel like for some. For most of the teams it might be since the Ohio Valley tournament's now in Evansville this has given you know their players you know a chance to hey this is where we're going to be mm-hmm. if we want to get to the OVC tournament and gives them a nice you know chance to get in you know get accustomed to what Evansville's like the floor backdrop right. you know like
1: when St. Louis you used to play at Enterprise Center yeah you know that was it like, that would have been a draw a draw to bring you know Missouri State in to bring SL oh absolutely. In. You know, because, hey, you can
0: play here and get a trip and get a feel for it. And every little bit helps. You know, I liked when St. Louis played at Enterprise Center. But, man, that Fitz is nice. Yeah. They did a really nice job with that.
1: Yeah. See, I'm old enough to remember when they had to go play at the arena when they were redoing the Keel Center.
0: I, I am not. So
1: was, yeah. So I, I think I saw one of the first events at the Enterprise Center when it reopened. Back in 1994, you weren't even born yet. So You're right, I wasn't. I know.
0: One year away. Yep. Uh, Eastern Illinois, they also play Evansville. And then you got Moorhead State, who at the moment does not play anybody in the Missouri Valley. Uh, Murray State, they'll play Missouri State, part of that multi-team event. Mm-hmm. They're also on the road at Illinois State. So that'll be a good, good matchup for Murray State. It seems like the last couple of years they have played Illinois State. You know, I think it's been every year, but they've been on the schedule here a few times for the Racers. Uh, SIUE, they – it's kind of weird. I don't think they have a game against the Missouri Valley this year. And typically they – they're usually a team that does play Evansville, it seems like. Um, But SEMO has a few games on the Missouri Valley side for them. They play at Missouri State to open the season. And then they play at Carbondale and then also have a home game against Evansville.
1: I actually have a Bradley-SIU-Edwardsville game on December 4th. But I wonder if that might get moved because the discussion is is that some games have been adjusted or like I know SIU had a game pushed back a season with SLU because the league is wanting them to play a game on December 1st to kind of give us give them a little more Flexibility come January, February, so
0: well, it's possible. Yeah, I think SIUE just released their uh, released their schedule, so but in, and it's kind of in a different but. spot here on the on the listing. So maybe that's why it it was there.
1: Or are they going to continue to play that with it so close after conference play starts?
0: Yeah, oh, well, I mean, according to SIUE's website, it is listed you know December fourth at Bradley, um, but you know who know I mean the the D one dockets you know usually. It's as yeah, correct as it comes, gone. so mm-hmm. maybe there's something going on there, and, yeah. it, you know, and I not... wouldn't
1: think anything if it was in a different spot. Oh, like, you know, it's like kind of at the bottom of the list, so it makes it think like you know
0: yeah for a reason. So absolutely, um, but You're outside of those games, you got Semo, who just mentioned Missouri State, SIU, and Evansville. I think a ga- the game out of those three that's really gonna see where they you know where they fall. I think it's going to be that game at Missouri State because they they play SIU, you know, basically, you know, seems like every year, Mm -hmm. big rivalry there, so they're used to going there, you know, and Evansville's at home. But that first game at Missouri State, I think you're going to get a test and, you know, you're going to find out what you are and what you need to work on Mm -hmm. before you open your three-game home set against uh, Youngstown, Arkansas State, and MOBAP. So... Missouri State was, in my my opinion, really good last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Dana Ford has done wonders for them. And with him having coached in the OVC, you know, he knows a couple things about SEMO, but it's a completely different team and it's a different coaching staff than when Dana Ford would have been inside the Ohio right. Valley. So it's a little different there. But the one the one thing I like about Simo's schedule this year is they don't have a bye game, which, you know, some would say, well, where are they get their money from for, you know, the program. Well, they didn't really have a buy game last year. So with them trying to, you know, rebuild here and get back on track, these are the type of schedules you have to you have to get some wins against when it's just a bunch of mid major schools. Mm-hmm. And if you're proving that you can get those wins against, you know, some Missouri Valley members, you know. Some other mid-major schools that are similar in rating, like your, like your own school, that's what's going to help you build, you know, build the program up, mm-hmm. and then you'll start to get some of those buy games on there, and hopefully by then, you know, you know, last year the COVID, you know, killed the buy game, you know, finances, right. and hopefully yep. in the next year or two they'll start to go back up. Right. But I'm kind of intrigued to see that
1: Austin PSIU game so early in the season. It'll be interesting. It'll be a new look for Austin P. It's you gonna know, no Terry Taylor,
0: no Terry Taylor, and a new head coach. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the last the last two years it's been the Terry Taylor show. Mm-hmm. You know, back to back OVC Player of the Year, and so whenever you played Austin P., you knew exactly what that scouting report was going to be. Guard, guard Taylor, guard Taylor. Don't let him do this. Don't let him do that. Mm-hmm. And now with him gone. It's gonna it's gotta be more of a team effort, not saying it wasn't a team effort when he was there, but they really don't have that go to guy like they had when Taylor was there. He could step out, shoot the three, yeah. you know, grab a rebound, put it back in and play good defense. Yeah.
1: Of course Murray State had that problem one year. They didn't know who they were gonna have to step up, and this kid named like John ja Morant or something stepped in and became the cat. So you never know who it's gonna be. Nah. You know, maybe there's somebody else who was just waiting in the wings and kind of knew what his role was with Terry Taylor there. That's always the fun part when you get a new kid that new guy comes in and, and asserts himself as the the new alpha dog, if you will, to use some, <laughs> some phrases that usually get under my skin, but I don't know of a better phrase right now.
0: We'll let you pass on that then for now. <laughs> uh, outside of those uh, crossover games in the Ohio Valley and the Missouri Valley, We'll take a quick glance at you know the ratings from last year, seeing like you know what teams kind of really should improve, or maybe if a couple teams we think may fall backwards. But in the Missouri Valley, TJ, you you had Bradley one forty six rating, Drake was at a fifty five, which you know was, was the best, with Missouri State next at eighty eight. Then you had Evansville at two o four, Illinois State at one ninety eight, Carbondale at one ninety two. Valparaiso 193, Indiana State 119, uh, Loyola Loyola was actually 10. You know they were the best, and then uh, Northern Iowa at 163. So basically all the Missouri Valley was right there. You know all within you know a little bit of wiggle room from each other. But when you look at you know the Kenpom ratings from last year, mm-hmm. you know you had the top three of Loyola at 10, Drake at 55. And Missouri stayed at 88. Out of those three, do you see those three finishing in that same order? Or maybe another team jumping up into those top three? I think
1: Northern Iowa's going to jump significantly. You said, what, 163? Yeah. they got A.J. Green coming back. Kimmons is back on the team. So they are going to be, I mean, loaded with people of experience. I think Missouri State will jump ahead of Drake in terms of, if we just look at those top three, Then you say Missouri State was third of those three? Yes. Yeah, I think they jump ahead of Drake. I think you're really going to see some improvement out of them. You know, a gauge prim for a fifth year of eligibility was, nobody was happy about that in the league except Dana Ford.
0: Well, as you were mentioning about Northern Iowa, I mean, yeah, they were at 163. But their expectations at the beginning of the year last year were sky, were sky high. high before the injury started. Kimmins and left because and they opened the season at number uh, seventy six last year. They did, yeah. yeah. So, and then they fell as far as one eighty four, and then rightfully so. I mean, I'm not <laughs> second
1: guessing the dude. I mean, they and they have to prove that... You know, AJ's got to prove he's had surgery on both hips. I think now. You know, guy sits out a year. How do those guys that got lots of time last year, they're not getting as many minutes. How do they adjust? How do they, what's, you know, that, that's that's a sign of maturity, I think. And not, not everybody has it. And I'm not just talking in college basketball. I'm not talking because they're 19, 20-year-old kids. Sure. We've been in the workplace and seen people. They've gotten passed over and haven't had the maturity to kind of move forward and stuff like that. So there's an adjustment, especially when, you know, that's all those guys are used to playing all the time. That's when you people from the outside are like, well, you should get used and get to his role. Like, dude, he was he was the dude in high school, you know? And probably his AAU team. So to come in like, oh, I've got to sit behind him now. I played a ton last year. Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully things work out. And I think Coach Jacobson, you know, if there's anybody that can do it and get those guys On the same page as Coach Jacobson.
0: On the Ohio Valley side, now, now we'll I'll get to my point here in a minute, but you had Austin P at two fifteen, Belmont one ten, which was the best. uh, Eastern Illinois at three eleven, Moorhead State and Murray State at one thirty four and one seventy three respectively. Semo two sixty nine, SIUE three twenty three, UT Martin. 347 Tennessee State 320 Tennessee Tech 313 so the the point of concern there is now obviously some of these teams under underwent a whole rebuild mm-hmm. so teams should be able to improve but the part that a little bit concerning from those ratings and and ratings don't mean don't mean everything but it does mean mean a little whenever you're trying to you know, get teams on your schedule from the previous season. And trying to gauge yourself. How did we do, you know, I mean, because Ken Palm's a pretty respected it is you know, publication from that perspective. But the two teams that left, Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State, Jacksonville State, 162, Eastern Kentucky, 174. Yeah. So that's two big ratings that, that are leaving, and, you know, Ultimately to start the season it's probably gonna hurt the overall mm-hmm. RPI or you know net rating for the OVC. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it can't improve. Right. So when you look at these teams that are returning, which is the ten outside Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State, Murray State's at one seventy three and they only went thirteen and thirteen last year, which they they had higher expectations than what they finished. It just looks like they couldn't get everything figured out, everybody on the same page at the same time. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of returning starters and I, I really think Murray State's gonna be be able to jump up, you know, from a 173 rating and put some wins together outside of conference play. And I think they'll be they should be contending for that for the OVC championship this year. You know, Moorhead's still gonna be just as good with right. you know, a lot of guys returning. You know, Broom was only a freshman last year, and you know, I mean, sky's the limit for him. It seems like at this point, and you know, Belmont, Belmont always good. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other group of teams where you know they're going to be juggling for position, and which team is going to surprise out of out of that group? You know, you got Austin P under a new head coach right now, and then. SEMO, SIUE, UT Martin, Tennessee State, and Tennessee Tech. You know, all those teams right there, plus Eastern Illinois, they're going to be thinking, hey, you know, if we can get some wins against, you know, a big group of this schedule and get on a roll, our confidence will be high. Why can't we beat, you know, a Belmont, a Moorhead, or, or Murray State? Yeah, if you play Belmont
1: later in the season, Murray State later in the conference season, and you rack up some wins against your other conference opponents, you know,
0: But the one thing that, you know, it is worth mentioning, we talked about this last week uh, with Coach Ritter, you know, UT Martin, 347 rating, you know, there may not be a lot of expectation for them this year, which could help them, you know, go out there and play like risk-free basketball because no no one's really going to be expecting, hey, you know, they're expected to win the conference. They're expected to be in the top two or three. It's a team full of newcomers, mm-hmm. so no one knows what what to expect, and that could be the best thing for Coach Ritter and UT Martin. You know they're going to be flying under the radar, and it's going to be hard to basically prepare or scout them. You know early on in the season because right. you don't know anything about fourteen newcomers. Right. It'll be
1: you know, and a coach will have to figure it out too. I mean, it takes. It's it's different when you ha- when you've been someplace for a while, and all of a sudden you're going in with all new all new guys and trying to figure out what's what and who's who. And sometimes you have guys that look great in practice, but come time to put it in a game. They just, it, it, you know, they're sometimes they're great practice players and it just doesn't translate to games for whatever reason. And, you know, so it, it'll, they'll have the work cut out for them for sure.
0: So that's just a little bit of the scheduling thus far within the Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley and some of the, the ratings within the conferences from last year, uh, to kind of ra- round up the show here TJ I know you wanted to mention uh, some of the latest news on you know the likeness and you know within yep. college yep.
1: sports I want to get your opinion what do you think about the name image likeness for those players
0: I like it I'll be honest because uh, if you're in a college sport it's basically your job you know you don't have really a chance to go out and and work and and collect that money like most college students do, if if they want you know if they want a job, because mm-hmm. if you're in a college sport, you're, you're going to be working out, you're going to be going to class, you're going to be you know going to practice. You know, once the actual season gets there, it's even more because now you're on the road for games. Right. And I think this this image likeness, I th- I think it's great for college athletes to an extent because you're going to be able to to make some money while you're going to school and, you know, playing the game that you love. And hopefully that'll that'll help, you know, get away from maybe some of the stuff that happens, you know, like under the table that, you know, a lot of people probably don't, you know, don't know. Or, you know, because I guarantee, you know, in years past that, you know, there's players that have been getting paid. And I'm sure it happens more times than what people think. But maybe if the players are able to, you know get money from whatever you know sponsor or whatever maybe that'll help clean up some of that and it'll be a little bit more fair now maybe i'm just you know blinded in yeah. that aspect but i think it helps it'll help college players a lot just because they're able to gather money while not having time to go out and get an actual job
1: yeah i i like it you know I, again it's it's their name image likeness that they should be able to profit off of uh i like that it's still not the school paying them, yep. because and and I was not a student athlete myself, but I had sometimes working a job and going to school that there, I didn't have much money in my pocket. <laughs> you know, on some level, that's college life. Oh yeah, you know. And you go to some of these places, especially your money programs. You know, the the sports football and men's basketball, especially women's basketball at some schools. They're they're not doing without. They have access to the food they have you know the training table at practice they have access to tutors which i did not have and i understand they're making the school millions of dollars Yep. but they're also not paying off million not millions but thousands of dollars of student debt for the next 10 15 20 years i think that's a trade-off
0: well that's, you know that's a good point. So,
1: you, so i think while you say they're not paid by the school they're not uncompensated
0: well yeah I guess. you know that
1: there, there, there is a trade and if it's so bad, why are so many guys still doing it? You know, wouldn't you have done anything to have played d one d two baseball you know, and especially have it paid for
0: yeah, and I guess it's a valid point you know i yeah, they don't have the debt that most hmm. most all college students you know typically right. will have when they're done, but I guess at at that same same time, I kind of look at it as okay, well. Yeah, if, if their school is paid for and stuff, you know, are they still okay financially, like, you know, mm-hmm. to go out and, yeah, in summer on food plans and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, so, but I
1: mean, I still, I'd like the idea. I like it because it's still keeping them separate, you know, and I can sit there and I play this all out in my head, like, which schools have an advantage? A Loyola? Well, if I'm in Chicago, do, does anyone. I'm not at the top of anyone's list to be their sponsor because if I, you know, Cam Crutwick last year shows up on a, on a commercial for a car dealership, is that who I want? Or do I want a, a member of the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, you know, or, you know, something like that and, you know, where you can go to an Indiana State? There's not much going on in Terre Haute. They're the best game in town. So to get a Tyreek key to you know talk about your car dealership, that's that's doing something. But then you swing it the other way, the schools with huge alumni bases. Like I think there was a guy down in, at for the University of Miami in Florida mm-hmm. who was gonna was paying every player what five hundred bucks a month just to yeah. mention his business, like his gym on Twitter. Yep, I mean you have stuff like that. But then I wonder too, what about those guys at the really big schools like like Harvard, Yale that. You know, those guys, you know, the actuarial scientists that are like, hey, I love my school. Let's get this guy to do some sponsorships. And you have huge, rich fan bases like that. So I think there's all sorts of different facets. And, you know, I think that's going to become a real part of the recruiting landscape. I know coaches aren't supposed to be setting those up, but, you know, I think those big boosters will be smart enough to know like, hey, coach brought this guy in. I want to reach out to him still.
0: And I think it's a valid point what you bring up about, you know, the, you know, the debt won't be there. But while we both do like it, I think, I think to a certain extent that it may or may not hurt or it might hurt, you know, college hoops possibly. Because if, you know, if you're at a mid-major school and you see like these guys at Power Five schools are getting, you know, all this sponsor money or what have you. Mm-hmm. If you're able to transfer to a power five, I think you you do it in a heartbeat, you know, just so you have that chance to to make some of that money because you don't know what could happen in those two years. Right. If you're able to get to a power five, I, I, I think you should take the chance. You know, it helps better yourself. At the same time, I'm also big into, you know, if, if you're one of the guys that are there to build that program, you should. I mean, they gave you that start and hopefully you would finish it there. Mm-hmm. But I mean how can you knock some somebody from trying to go and get paid because if if an injury happens before you get paid to, at that next level you could have accumulated money while you were in college yeah
1: and I always want people to remember this is the NBA's rule that you have to wait a year not the NCAA's rule you know and I yep uh, you know I saw um, Kentucky's coach speak years ago and he was the first guy that was kind of capitalizing on the one and dones and He's like, I hate the one and done's. I'd love to keep these guys for three or four years, but this is the world we live in. I'm going to get the best players I can. You know, and that, like, you love him or hate him. He's got a point.
0: Oh, absolutely. He does. But I know, I think it's a little different now, but, you know, you go back, oh, probably, I don't know if it's been 10 years, but over five years, probably closer ten, fifteen 10, 15 years. You look at those video ga- video games, you know, EA Sports, you had college basketball and college mm-hmm. football and though that was some of the big talk like hey, right. they're using the likeness of yeah. basic of every Division 1 basketball player. Oh, it doesn't say my name, but he's got my college number <laughs> and my college uniform with my my height, my weight, yep, <laughs> and my birth date. <laughs> cuz I know John bought one of those games. He didn't even have a PlayStation anymore, but he kept it cuz he's on the game mm-hmm. and you know, if you were playing then and they had this likeness then I you could get paid by being on there and I think there was a lawsuit that was that had happened a right. few years back I think it was a quarterback from northwestern that kind of started well, he started it. the union but
1: there was a one I thought it was a uh, basketball player I forget I'm his name's escaping me but yeah
0: like hey, that's me yeah like why can't I get paid and i th- I think they did end up compensating them a little bit mm-hmm. I think you know that's how this all started but I wonder how cheesy the commercials are going
1: to be, especially if they don't have their schools like uniforms. Like, hi, I'm Bob Moore, basketball player.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: like, I think of the emos commercials around here where they don't pay for you know, to get the NBA. Yep. You know, like like, hi, professional basketball player. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's yeah. That's that's
1: good. Because you know, small town, small college towns with those those news networks. That's that's sometimes what you get. Like, wow.
0: Hey, I think it would be a lot better than the ESPN Plus commercials that they run constantly, though. (sighs) That that one doctor for the drug addiction network. (laughs) It's it's not good. (laughs) I mean, they got to have a little bit more variety in there. When you play the same one, uh, I've got to say about a thousand times a year, it's just
1: mute. Yeah, I... I think Casey's backed off some of their sponsorship of the Missouri Valley this last year. Because if I heard a general store and a whole lot more.
0: Like. <laughs> yeah, well, shoot, Casey's is struggling to get people to work for him in this area. I leave for work in the morning, and I tried going there the other day at 5.30. Sorry, we're not open until 6 a.m. Our, our hours are now 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like, I know, that's what, that's what oh. I, I heard, the one here in town for
1: you. Because my hometown closes at nine. Like, well. Hey.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just a different level of frustration. Nobody wants to work anymore. But. Or maybe we should start paying our employees more. Well. Give and take.
1: You've been in a customer service yep. shop. Oh, it's, you, it's tough. You, you'd take a $2 an hour pay cut to not yep. deal with customers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, good. <laughs> it's good. Yep. I was telling some stories about my experiences as a Sam's employee today. And people were like, what?
0: Uh-huh. No, oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it. I heard enough complaints from golfers coming in. That was enough for me. You're here
1: on a Tuesday afternoon. You're not working.
0: <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Can't help there's no grass
1: out there. It's been 100 degrees. You lost your X-out balls that you paid nine, 98 cents for at Sports Authority. <laughs> Oh, this one here's
0: a range ball. You stole this from us. <laughs> and people did that. And you'd, we'd catch him. They'd be like, Oh, I bought these. I said that that's the range bag right there in your cart. Yeah, okay.
1: I would at least just steal a couple. I wouldn't take the whole
0: bag. <laughs> <laughs> take the whole bag. Yep. Oh. Uh, but uh TJ, I think that's gonna wrap up the show for this week. Over uh, already? You- All right. You got any final thoughts here to uh, wrap up the show? No, we're
1: gonna have to enroll my son at. Uh, he's gonna be leaving SIU Carbondale and enrolling at Bishop Sycamore for his future, his athletic future. So
0: <laughs> that story
1: is absolutely wild. I'm kidding. For those of you that don't know, he's not doing that.
0: <laughs> Did you see where their coach got fired? I don't know who fired him though.
1: <laughs> Maybe There's not really a school. <laughs> they were living in a hotel and in a house, with kids sleeping
0: on the floor. Hey, they raised $140. Maybe one that dad, was his salary. One
1: dad got stuck with the hotel bill for the entire team for three nights when he stayed there for one night. He's like, no, I paid for my own room. Like $2,000. Like, Oh,
0: there's a thread on checks.
1: Who writes checks anymore? It's 2021.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do it card. times.
1: I mean, I do it to pay bills and stuff, but not for... Oh,
0: well, not for that, for so, bills,
1: but... Well, then, so obviously the guy's, like, well, he's got an open warrant. The, the guy that was the head coach for bouncing checks. And they said they got to the point that kids, like, they weren't feeding them. They were having to go and and, and steal stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's bad. But it's also bad to have a two high school football games in three days. Yeah. Oh. Especially when your
1: guys are 20 and 21 years
0: old. Hey, now, some are older than... Twenty-one or twenty-two, I think. Yeah, but still, yeah. Some of those, some of their huddles were fake. I mean, who wants to go play a national television against IMG Academy on ESPN if you're a fake school? Ah, yes. Let's let's fifty-eight to nothing. Yep, I, I know that
1: ESPN has said that they had this. They entrusted the scheduling to an outside party but they're wearing a little bit of egg on their face after this. Oh, I mean, did you hear the
0: announcers at times? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, (laughs) just go back and listen to some of that. But it just seems like as each day's come and gone, I mean, their schedule was brutal. The rest of their schedule, I mean, full of top-tier teams. Jeez. I don't know. Oh,
1: but it's, and every time you open up a new story, there's, it's, it's like Shrek says, it's like layers of an onion. It just it keeps opening up and like, wow, this, this can't be real. It's like a lifetime movie for sports. That's bad. Mario
0: Lopez stars. All right. Well, that, that wraps up the show. Uh, maybe by the time we're back next week, uh, TJ will have landed a head coaching job at Bishop Sycamore for, <laughs> for basketball. But for TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud, and give us a follow on Twitter at View Valley's Pod. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.